what is off the groove? It means you've blown the line or you're pushing the limits a little bit too far or just maybe you might be looking for a faster way around the racetrack. Off the Groove with Scotty Dubler. Friday, July 24th, 2020, episode number 143. You know what 143 means, right? I love pie. You. You love me? I love you. Oh. Yeah, me oh. and my daughter say that to each other all the time. And guess what? I live on exit 143 off of I-40. Yeah? Ooh. Were you never a 143? No, I never had number 143, no. Oh. I thought that's like, I thought you have the one before you go to your... That's... That's all new stuff. That's all 2020, you know, like 2018 and, and 2019, 2020 stuff. I never had a one. Gotcha. Uh, well, I was 43G. Remember, we had district letters oh, first. That's right. Yeah. OG. What do you uh, want to talk about? Yeah, we don't have much to talk about, man. I don't even know. I mean, like, no racing yeah. or, I don't, I don't, you know, amateur nationals. We watched it rain quite a bit. I mean, come on. Literally went from not having any motorcycle racing or any, <laughs> struggling to figure out what to talk about. And now it's just, I mean, we could probably have 10 episodes and not cover it all. And, and I've been gone, you know, from my house and, you know, I think already... 13 days and and now we moved one more race to ashland ohio this weekend so we're doing a race today on the half mile and then we're making up a race on saturday and the half mile and then i get to drive home so i'm ready i'm just i'm ready to be home but i'm i'm so excited that i'm actually at motor, a motorcycle race i'm at the the 2020 ama flat track grand championships it's fun watching these little kids uh they come up to me and take my take their picture with me and just want to hang out and talk and and just say hi and stuff like that. Some of them are a little bit shy, but I, I love the kids. I love, you know, the next generation of our sport. And that's why I do this. I come to this job uh, just to see and be a part of it. I mean, just to see the next generation. It's so, it's so much fun. Absolutely, man. We had the, the kids from uh, the CTR um, team on. I know they're out there. I heard uh, Chase Sadoff's doing pretty good and won a few races already. Well, on the first day, just the, just the first day alone, the half mile, he won four classes. So he won four out of the, you know, he was he was undefeated in the main events. And it was crazy. And then it got kind of crazy. We ran part of it Tuesday, and then we tried to finish on Wednesday, and then we rained out. And Thursday was travel day, so we got today and tomorrow at the Ashland half mile, which is a pea gravel half mile. So it's going to change the outlook of how things worked out because if you if you weren't going on a clay track, maybe you'll do good on the on the pea gravel. So that switches everything up. So, but that's part of it. They try to race on four different kinds of tracks, and uh, instead we're going to finish on 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 the Ashland County Fairgrounds for the last two, which is a pea gravel half mile. So you're about what halfway through amateur nationals right now? Well, yeah, yeah. If you look at it that way, but it feels like I've been here for a week. So yeah, we've got a race today and we've got a race tomorrow. So yeah, there was supposed to be a half mile of short track, a TT, and you know another half mile at the end. So the TT they paid off of, or they you know give points. They don't pay these these kids, but they paid off of their heat race and semifinal finishes. The half mile was done the first day. The short track uh, uh, unfortunately got rained out because it's down inside the bowl, so it's, it was underwater or they're standing water so that they're going to finish up with two half miles so basically if you're good on a half mile you got a good shot at winning the overall championship that's awesome man uh, we heard that chase won a few races are there some other kids that are looking pretty strong and potential winners um travis horn is undefeated as well uh Petten was running pretty decent uh the one i think that was projected to win everything cody cop struggled the first day and i think the, I think he was a little, maybe a little bit overconfident. He's a good friend of mine. He's Joe Cop's son. He runs the 43, so I'm a little partial. But I talked to him, and he said maybe I was a little bit overconfident the first day, and he was just grabbing a handful uh, on a slick groove track. You can't do that. So he, 
did not have good finishes the first day. He looked really strong on the TT, and he is super stoked to be on this pea gravel. Uh, so Cop's got a good shot at it. I'm not sure who's up for the Horizon Award. Yeah. Uh, Chase Sadoff is only 14. They typically don't give the Horizon Award to somebody that's you know 14 years old. It's usually for somebody that's 15 or 16 that's getting ready to go pro. It's like the next stepping stone gotcha. because they don't want to give it as a repeat uh, award. I mean, they have done it before in the past. They've given it to a 14-year-old. But uh, So my thoughts are Sadoff was in the running, but he's only 14. So I don't know. It's It's been a lot of fun. There's been a lot you know a lot of good racing so far, and I can't wait for these last two on the on the ashland half mile making up for all the uh all the flat track racing you missed the past few months man it's good stuff um we won't get into volusia too much i think uh, once we get to, to chatting with this week's guest you guys will do enough of that but uh what i was gonna say there's there's one other press release that kind of un maybe not a press release but somebody posted something i don't know if you want to go back and talk about that real quick oh you're talking about the uh, springfield thing yeah so that was kind of under the radar graham actually texted me and she said she was so excited because she got her tickets for the Springfield Mile weekend and what she sent me. And it was from Springfield Mile on social media. The Friday night Springfield TT has been changed to a short track. So if you had pre-printed tickets for the TT, you can use them for the short track. So to me, that's going to change up the championship for the AFT singles class. I don't, I don't believe it until I see an AFT press release. So once I see it there, I'll believe it. But it's from Springfield Mile, so you know it's a it's a reliable source. But we'll have to wait and see. I, there's a lot of rumors going on down there at at uh, Volusia as well. And nothing is confirmed. I mean, I'm assuming what the, what I think is going to happen is is when we post this podcast on Friday, I bet AFT drops a, a a bomb on us. Well, we won't we won't spoil the surprise then beforehand. So who's this week's guest, Scotty? We kind of talked this over, but I think we should have the guest as a guy that I work side by side with. Uh, a guy that's a former champion in our sport, a guy that's been at the 2020 Flat Track Grand Championships with me. He, uh, we've got something to talk about that happened up there in Plymouth, Indiana. Um, you know, we're gelling so good. I, I talked to him at Plymouth, and, and we decided, hey, let's have you on the podcast. Let's talk a little bit more about Volusia. It is the 2013 champ, the bullet, Brad Baker. I can't argue with that, man. Let's give him a shout. Dial him up. Hello? Bullet. Yo, what's happening? Nothing, man. I just it's like I haven't seen you in like, you know, days, but yet it was just Wednesday when <laughs> I saw you in Plymouth. I uh, know, man. It's uh we've been seeing each other it was went, went months without seeing each other. Now I've seen each other more in the last week. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so yeah. so before we before we jump in and talk about Volusia, um you open up a black trailer there at Plymouth rolled out this badass race car. It was real plain looking. It was black. And then all of a sudden the number six decal started going on and more and more people started gathering around, checking it out, man. How excited are you about that? Yeah, I'm really excited. I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty cool. It's been a, it's been a work in progress for a while. I, uh, ever since I got hooked up with the, uh, the guys, the Saunders family from Hoosier racing tire. They're the ones that, got me started into uh getting myself a micro sprint which is uh basically what it is it's seeing what it, what it means is a, a mini sprint car it has a 600 suzuki engine in it and uh but yeah no, I'm, I'm i'm really excited and it was super cool like you said to roll that thing out there yesterday and, and pretty much everybody flocked to it all the amateur riders uh 
came around, it was it was definitely like a it was a sweet feeling for sure. But I, I think I, we had a little bit of a game plan there. It's like putting on stickers and all that stuff. I mean, it's 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 a little bit difficult and takes time. So uh, I didn't have to do anything. I just said, hey, who's who's <laughs> decent at putting on stickers here? Yeah, Joe Cop pitching in, Cody Cop, and a bunch of other guys. So it was uh, yeah, it was really cool. That was awesome. Unfortunately, we didn't get to go out there. Mother Nature just didn't cooperate with us very well up at Plymouth. But um, do you know when you're going to drive it for the first time, or do you have plans yet? Uh, well, we ended up taking it home with us, actually, back up to Michigan last night after we left Plymouth. So, yeah, that was too bad to be on Mother Nature. Not only uh, rained me out, but it rained all the amateurs out. But, uh, yeah, we, we brought it home with us to Michigan, and uh, I'm going to have I'm gonna do a little bit more work on it this week, and get in it next weekend uh is the the plan right now to maybe take it out to lucky thumb or take it to brent donnelly's place that's uh brandon kitchen's dad they have a short track only about a half hour from here so we got we got a couple short tracks i can take it to to get a little bit of seat time okay well that's cool so do you have any idea when you want to start racing i know you haven't ever driven one plus now switching over to hand controls do you have a plan in mind to when you're going to start racing uh, not a hundred percent. I mean, they're at uh, Plymouth. They they run on the short track. They run micros there pretty much every other Saturday night. So uh, any weekend that we have, you know, off from from AFT, uh, I can make it down there uh, to do a race. But uh, to start with, like I said, I just I just want to get in the car, get comfortable, get the hand controls, everything dialed in, and and uh, the plan is definitely to try to get at least one race underneath my belt uh, before the uh, the season's up. But just kind of play it by ear how how things go but uh definitely want to do it sooner than later that's awesome well let's let's shift gears a little bit let's talk about volusia Uh, i didn't see it thursday night i think you guys had plane you know cancellations and all that fun stuff but thursday night they did a they called it a test in tune but it was also qualifying for the super twins um you were down in the pit area. You talked to everybody. You're still helping the Indian guys, you know, Bronson and Breyer. How beneficial do you think that is to all the teams to have uh, that night, you know, ahead of the, the first two nationals? Oh, it, it's definitely beneficial. I mean, just thinking at it as a, as a racer myself, I mean, I love it because we all go into race day and, and practice qualifying on a normal race day. It's it's hectic and it's, it's nerve-wracking because you only get – four four laps of practice and then go into two qualifying and you go racing so having that full first day to have i think they had four free practices everybody did and then and then obviously the super twins went into their two qualifiers on that day but just having that four four practices that day before just to like say hey there's no pressure let's just go out and try different things you know because a lot of people i mean i know that myself i was hesitant to try too much you know because hey you make a big change you're either going to make it maybe make it way better you're going to make it way worse but if you make it way worse and go out and junk your qualifying time you know you just uh messed up your starting position for the semi and as we know now the the where you qualify and where you start on the starting line now that there's only four riders per row is that much more crucial so you know yeah having that extra day before just to be able to try things and and dial, dial things in is is super critical for sure. 
I think you know part of the reason they did it because we sat on our butts for 290 days. The other part is we've never had a Grand National at Volusia. I know you and I have been there quite a few times with the Steve Nace All-Star National Flat Track Series. When you rolled in on Saturday, uh, what did you think of the track? I'm sorry, Friday. I Friday. Was, Let's go first day. Uh, yeah, well, it's, we usually don't have races on Friday. So, right, uh, right. Yeah, um, yeah but uh, I thought it was great. I mean, I've, I've raced at Volusia quite a bit over the last 10 years and you know when we go there for for all-star races other than like the last the last couple of years we've gone there for the all-star races the track's been really good but also have gone there you know in the past where the track is not the greatest and uh so i was, I was a little skeptical going there in the middle of the summer thinking oh it's going to be super hot maybe it's going to be a little one line you know dry slick deal and it was the exact opposite i mean it was a pretty wide groove and it was it was bolted down i mean it was still a little bit difficult to pass but these uh you know on, on friday night but then on saturday night they made it that much better and as we've seen there in the singles main i mean there's guys two three wide at times and i think there's 10 plus lead changes so yeah i mean the racetrack really turned out great and made for some awesome racing yeah, and I heard me say that the only track he could compare that to was Springfield. That he, he was hooked up yeah. that good, and it was so fast. Um, let's talk about a couple of the riders were losing the front end, like they'd start losing it, and all of a sudden they'd be completely gone. They'd be up in the air fence, including Bronson. Um, can you explain to the to the fans that might not understand that that that's your setup, and that when you lose the front end and you're going that fast, it's just hard to, to catch up, right? Yeah, yeah, it definitely is. I mean, when it gets that hooked up, you you kind of more compare it to road racing because you're you're not really stepped out, you know, driving on the, you know, stepped out on the rear tire. You're more pushing the front, and every you know all the load is on the front tire. You know, you watch road racing, and pretty much the at least seventy five percent of the crashes that I've seen, they're usually you know just pushing the front end, tucking the front end out under because there's so much traction in the rear that it's just driving the front tire. So when these guys say that there's that much traction out there, that's what it's doing is just driving the front tire. So you, you end up having to set the motorcycle up differently to where you try to get the, uh, the front end to have more traction to where you don't have to take that grip away from the rear. But, uh, you know, sometimes you don't have a choice. You have to take traction away from the rear disc so it doesn't drive the front end that, that hard to where you know, you're going to have a crash. So, yeah, I mean, that's that's my best analogy is to mm-hmm. compare it more to road racing when it's like that. Okay, I got gotcha. you. Um, something else that was exciting to me on Friday night was just watching uh, Ryan Varnes. He sat back there and stalked James Raspoli. Last lap, he went around the outside and made the pass. I thought that was a veteran move. Yeah, it definitely was a veteran move. I mean, I was I was proud of Ryan for doing that. I mean, he uh, he stalked Raspoli there, especially when he caught back. You know, it took him just a little while to to catch up to him, and then when he when he got him, he just kind of he just kind of hung there. I feel like he was he was just waiting. He didn't want to show his cards too early to give you know James the time to to counteract to it. And uh, going there in the three, he kept on getting a good run coming off of two, and he was always just poking it on the inside, poking it on the inside. And it made it, you know, James seem like, okay, if he's going to make a last lap, 
you know, effort to get by me, he's going to, he's going to try to go up the inside again. So Mm -hmm. James went in the three and shut off and protected the inside. And as soon as he, you know, let off and and was protecting the inside, Ryan was already, you know, going around the outside with some momentum, just left it on a little bit longer and rolled right on alongside of him and, and, and and then shut the door in front of him and brought home the win. So that was, uh, that was definitely a great move. I mean, that's something that I'm, I'm sure that, you know, him and his dad, Kevin, have talked about and seen. And, you know, that just goes to show of having, uh, you know, having uh, a guy like Kevin, his dad, out of all people uh, in your corner to, to talk about things like that definitely pays off. Yeah, absolutely. Let's talk about singles a little bit. Max Whale getting the first win for a rider from Australia in the AFT singles class. And he was just dialed in all night long. Yeah, he really was. I mean, that was awesome to see max whale get his get his first win i mean it's the first international rider to win in the singles class and i mean obviously we've had we have a couple fast ones you know between him and oliver brenley and Ferran carduce i mean it's been cool to see the international riders you know be come over and be super competitive but uh you know he was he was a strong all day you know between qualifying to a semi-final and you know chad coast was the rider that you know, second rider that was, uh, you know, the fastest and he was, you know, getting out front and getting good starts. And, you know, what I liked about Max is that he wasn't only fast, but he could make passes where like, you know, nobody could get past Chad, you know, Henry Wiles, Mikey Rush, Tanner Dean, all those guys, you know, I felt like they were a little bit faster than Chad, but they couldn't get by him. Whereas Max, I mean, he, he was not only faster, but he was able to, to make moves where other people weren't. So, that was definitely a, a great win for, for Max. And uh, it, yeah, it's just cool to see an Australian rider bring home a win. Absolutely. And he's actually the points leader right now, too, because he's pretty consistent. The second night and eighth place finish. Um, Friday night, last thing I want to talk about on Friday night, I guess, is Jared Meese and, and Jeffrey Carver's contact. Uh, when we watched it live, Brad, it looked just like a racing incident. We saw a couple different views. Then afterwards, we saw a super slow motion on Saturday. We watched that one during our production meeting. There was some contact. You and I kind of agree on things. Um, A little bit of contact right there. Racing incident, I think, maybe a little too soon in the main event. What are your thoughts? Yeah, definitely. I mean, obviously, uh, you know, we're all, all the riders are going for it, you know, and especially at the beginning of the race there, you know, the adrenaline's super high. Um, but after, you know, we, we've seen the, uh, the slow-mo that, that, that thunder took, we didn't get to see that, that, that view on, uh, you know, on the broadcast, the, uh, the night of the race, you know, and neither was the, uh, you know, the officials able to see that until afterwards. Um, you know, it, it's a racing deal, but it was an overly aggressive racing deal. I mean, it was, it was only the start of lap two or three and it wasn't like Mies was, you know, they were battling back in like six and he had to like really make up a lot of time and, and it was, you know, desperate to move, move forward early in the race. I mean, they were one and two. So, you know, really Mies did not have to be that aggressive. And, uh, you know, like my rule of thumb is like, if you have your front wheel past the other rider's handlebar, if you're running up the inside like that, then, then you mm-hmm. pretty much had the line. But if, if you don't have your front wheel past the other rider's handlebar, that rider still has the line, so you're the one that has to back off. And as we've seen in that that slow mo, uh, Carver's handlebar got hit by Jared's fork leg. You know, so that was definitely 
definitely needs his fault, you know, and, uh, and it was just a, an overly aggressive deal that I, I don't think he had to really force the issue, especially that early in the race. So yeah, unfortunate yeah. deal for, for Carver. Um, and like I said, you know, like I'm sure Jared would agree that, Hey man, I was, uh, I, I probably didn't have to do that, but, uh, at the same time, we're, we're all racers, even Carver, you know, probably a little upset about it, but you know, he's done it before. We've all done it before. It just, you know, thankfully nobody got hurt and they're able to, to move on, you know? Yeah. You know, unfortunately for Carver, it kind of took him out of the ball game for the, for the, for that night and for the next night. I mean, so what do you think your, your, your thoughts are, uh, you know, the impact of the sport, you know, especially for Carver, a privateer trying to battle against, you know, the top teams and he goes out of there with two not very good finishes. I mean, next to last first night, he was a little bit better the second night, but what's the impact on Jeffrey Carver? Yeah, that, that definitely wasn't good for Jeffrey. I mean, it, uh, I, myself, and I think everybody else expected a lot more out of him that, that weekend. I mean, that was, that was actually a racetrack that if anybody was going to be able to beat knees or give him a run for his money, I mean, Jeffrey would probably be the number one rider that I'd pick to do it. And he was obviously, you know, well on his way before that incident happened in the main event on the first night. And then I, I think it just kind of deflated him. I mean, you can tell, you know, when Jeffrey's, you know, he almost has a switch when his switch is on. I mean, he's one of the fastest and not the fastest guy, but as soon as something bad happens, it kind of, you know, he, he doesn't have a, a way to, you know, flip that switch back on and, and be able to regroup. And, um, you know, as far as the second night goes, the second night, the racetrack I felt was even more like in his ballpark. And he just, uh, he just didn't have the speed. And, and I don't know why, whether it was set up or, or just maybe he just, uh, like I said, didn't have a switch on and wasn't, wasn't pressing forward. So definitely not what Jeffrey needed to have to, to start the season because that, uh, that should have been a very strong racetrack for him, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. So let's let's talk on Saturday a little bit. Uh, Corey Texter rebounded from a third-place finish. He's very disappointed. He found something that was working, uh, got the win. Raspoli was second. Uh, Varnes had some bad luck. Eslick got on the podium. First time he's been on the podium mm-hmm. since 2002. Uh, Super Twins, again, dominated by Jared Meese. Breyer, a, a solid second place back-to-back. But the reason I want to talk about Saturday night that AFT singles race, I, you know, we always remember the most current race in our in our in our brain, but that had to be one of the best races I think I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, no, that, that was a, that was a great race for sure. I mean, it uh, it reminded me of uh, of like a Springfield Mile race with the singles, you know, where it's you know top ten at least you could throw a blanket over them. Um, but being on a half mile like that, we don't necessarily see too many half miles with that many riders in one group and that many lead changes. So that was, that was definitely impressive. And yeah, <laughs> you and I were super excited watching that. It was like, we didn't know what to call. There was racing for, you know, fourth, fifth, sixth, same thing at the lead. And I mean, they were, like I said, there were two, three wide at a time at some time. So like, yeah, it was incredible. I mean, uh, but, I think Shannon Texter, Shannon Texter, obviously Dallas Daniels, he, he had the best night. He won the thing and he, he failed to make the main event the night before. So, I mean, he knew that he needed redemption and, and boy, did he get it, you know, going coming back and, and winning the next night. But, uh, Shana, she definitely had the, the hard charger award. I mean, 
I forget where she started. I think she started like eighth or something. Um, yeah, third and row. She worked her way. Yeah, there, there you go. Yeah, so she was, uh, yeah, third row to make it all the way up to second. And I mean, Dallas Daniels, he he was fist pumping across the line, and he almost celebrated a little too quick. <laughs> Shanna, yeah. Shanna had a heck of a run on him, and she was only half a bike length and less off him at the start finish. So, um, yeah, it was it was an amazing uh, race, and. You know, Mikey Rush, he, uh, I think he gets the consistency award. I mean, he doesn't have the points lead, but he was on the only rider that was on podium both days. So, uh, you know, hats off to him. And it's, it's going to be a great year. I, I mean, I don't even know who to call to that's going to win the championship now. I mean, there's, you know, at least five, six riders in there that I think have a legitimate shot at winning the championship. Do you think that the racing's going to be like that at every round or just? think that was a product of such a fast smooth racetrack uh i think the second deal you said there i think that was a product of yeah just having a very fast smooth racetrack it's you know like we compared the springfield mile earlier it's the springfield mile always has uh you know great racing because it's very very easy to go fast it's a hard one to win on but it's a it's an easier one to go fast on so i think we're going to have a lot of really good races but maybe you know not not as many where it's that many riders up in the lead pack at least yeah there there's a few a few riders up front you know and had some quick times that i really didn't wasn't expecting to make i mean you know that the, um james off from california he went good at texas so i was kind of expecting him a, a race car track similar track but he got up there for a while Brandon Kitchen was leading. You know, he got there in the mix for a while. Uh, Trent Lowe, yeah. um, he kind of fell asleep at the line, but he qualified really well. So these are some of these up-and-comers. They're trying to make a name for themselves, and they're going up against some heavy hitters in that class. Yeah, yeah, they definitely are, you know. And then there's also Tanner Dean that made his return, and oh, he yeah, was going yeah. really well. And, and uh, so, yeah, I think, you know, all these riders that we knew had speed. Like you said, Brandon Kitchen, Trent Lowe. Uh, obviously Tanner Dean, uh, James Ott. I mean, all these riders, they've had speed in the past. They just maybe weren't as consistent with their speed. I mean, they're all, you know, a year older, gaining experience, gaining maturity. And I think these riders are just starting to come into their own and starting to gain more confidence as they, they gain more experience. So, you know, even though, like you said, we got all these, you know, veteran riders into the, uh, the class, um, you know, the, uh, the younger riders are catching up to them and now they're, they're getting their confidence and their experience. So, um, I just feel like this year is going to be, yeah, even more competitive than it ever has been. And especially as we, you know, even move in the next year, I think it's going to, it's going to continue to elevate if you ask me. Yeah, I, I think, uh, you know, hats off to the AFT for, for the racetrack and for putting that dotted line down uh, on the second night, putting that Honda Talon out there to put a lot of laps and a lot of rubber down. I think they did a wonderful job at the track. You know, when, whenever the tracks are bad, they always get blamed for it. When the tracks are good, I don't think they ever get, you know, a pat on the back. So I thought they did a wonderful job. Um, Brad, you get to stroll through the pits during the day. What were the what were the thoughts on the new tire and the tire wear? Did what did you find out rolling around down there in the pits? Uh, there has been a little bit of issues with the tire wear. You know, it's uh, it's a it's a new tire from Dunlop, and it, it hasn't really been through all the circumstances of surfaces, and and really been put through the full full test, the full abuse abuse test. You know, and the uh, 
the, the, the five, the R5, uh, the softer compound of the two, they got a five and then they got a nine and the nine is obviously the harder tire. And the, uh, the five, it, uh, it seems to be a little too soft. It, uh, it, it kind of has like a, you really got to break it in easily. So if you go in uh, or you go out and just really try to ride hard when the track is, is hooked up and then got some groove down, you can, you can shred the tire, blister it up really fast. So you almost got to put some slow heat cycles into that tire and get it wore in to where, you know, as soon as it gets about quarter way wore in and you get to that point, then it's, then it's pretty good. And then, it, then it'll last, but you really got to, you know, these guys really got to, you know, strategically scuff in their tires um, throughout qualifying and practice. That way they have a good tire to start with. Uh, in the main events and their semifinals, um, and then we got the the nine, and the nine just seems to be too hard. Like I know that Briar Bauman, he he tried the the nine out all on that Thursday practice, just thinking, you know, him and Dave Zanotti were thinking, hey, this this track is is known to to be a tire eater. So with the uh, the added time, added laps of the uh, the Super Twins main event, now they were just thinking into the future and tried to, to run that nine and get a setup on Thursday. And man, they were almost a second off on times, uh, compared to all the riders that were running the fives. Um, so, I mean, obviously when they went into to race day, they, they, they went back to the five. Um, and then, uh, there was only one rider that I know of on Friday night that decided to, to, to roll the dice and to just to run the nine thinking that the, uh, the fives weren't going to be able to go to distance. And that was, that was Rob Pearson. And I actually uh, met up with Rob at the, uh, the airport on the, the, on Sunday, we were at the airport at the same time. And he's like, man, I messed up on Friday. I just, I just thought that that, not, that five wasn't going to be able to go the distance. So he, he put the nine on and he just said, man, I, I thought that they at least come in sometime that it finally get some heat in it. And sometime in that race that it would start to work. And he said, it never did. It, it pretty much, you know, had lack of traction the whole race. So, um, yeah, it's a little different. I mean, the, uh, luckily the fives did go the distance, but I know like Dalton Gautier and a couple other guys uh, I talked to said that they were showing cords on Saturday night. So, I mean, that was, that's, that's borderline, you know, that's, that's really unsafe if it's getting down there, but obviously they probably had a little bit more wheel spin than other riders. So, yeah, there's there's definitely uh, some issues with with the new tires so far. So um, we'll just have to see how things go into the uh, the rest of the year. To where, you know, Dunlop might have to do a little bit of refining on their compounds to uh, get these these tires to that have traction, but also go the distance. Yeah, I love it. It's great insight right there, Brad. We appreciate it. Um, one more thing I want to talk about before we let you go. Uh, timed races for the first time ever. I think it was drastic, especially for the singles and production twins. It used to go in like 15. They went 25 laps apiece. Um, Dave T, you know, the, the Super Twins team went 37 one night, 38 the next night. They kind of got a little bit spread out. Um, what are your thoughts on the timed races? I think the time races are really cool. I mean, especially for the singles and the production twins. I mean, they're going exactly 25 laps. I mean, that's what normally our, you know, premier class grand nationals have been for many years. So, uh, talking to everybody in those classes, they were stoked because, you know, they always, you know, 16 laps before was over in a blink of an eye and 
a lot of them would be like, man, I just wish I had another five laps, let alone 10. So, uh, I think the time, you know, the time deal for them was great. Uh, for the premier twins. I mean, it, it's also cool, but I mean, 37 to 38 laps is, is a long time. I mean, that's, that's, you know, over 10 laps more than what they normally do. And, uh, you know, it's it's definitely testing the fitness of the riders, especially down there in Florida, where it was, uh, you know, 90 degrees and almost 100% humidity. And then, let alone the machines trying to stay cool. There was a couple uh, couple teams that I knew that came off. The bikes actually did overheat, um, and uh, there was also tire wear. And I'm I'm just very very thankful and surprised that the tires lasted that long. From what I said about the tires before, so. Maybe uh, the, the the Premier Twins maybe just needs to go 10 laps or 10 minutes and two laps, and then maybe they'd be right around 30, low 30s or something. But uh, yeah, yeah. I know that you know going into the uh, the miles, they're they're obviously going to have to adjust the time, and, uh, and and all you know every track that's a different size is going to have a different time. So um, I really think that it's it's a good deal. This might have to refine the times a little bit depending on what size the racetracks are in the future yep absolutely uh kind of got wind you know i think it was on social media that uh, springfield uh david Tomer put out that the, the night before the two miles it's going to be a short track instead of a tt i don't know if you saw that um how do you think that's going to change up the the singles point standings you know having a short track instead of a tt um, I, that's the first I heard of that. Scott, okay. thanks for All the right. info. Um, uh, yeah. I, uh, I mean, tell you the truth. I really like the TT at, at Springfield better than the short track, even though I love the short track it's at Springfield too. Just the, the short track, they always make it a, it's a circle. It's not really a paperclip and it makes it, it's a, such a circle and doesn't have the straightaways that doesn't necessarily make for the best racing just because nobody can really get the thing squared up and and uh you know make a run down the straightaway and with there currently not being a tt on the schedule other than springfield mm-hmm. i really feel like that's not necessarily a good call because you know we had one that was only tt and i was kind of stoked that hey there was at least one tt on the schedule so um i don't know i will we'll see what they do but uh if it was me, I'd much rather watch the TT. I feel like it's uh, you know a little bit funner to watch, and just having a TT on the schedule would be awesome. But I guess we'll just see what they do. Cool, man. Hey, I appreciate your time, and I just want to tell you that I got so much positive feedback from the way you and I were working together Friday night especially. Uh, Saturday night, I think the racing did its own thing, but but Friday night and Saturday <laughs> night, it's like we never missed a beat. Uh, it's like we're on the same page, and and I just want to say you're a great partner, and and uh, thanks for doing what you're doing and bringing all the fans your knowledge, man. I think they really really appreciate it. Hey, well, it's it's my pleasure, Scotty. I mean, uh, yeah, I'm I'm stoked about it as well, man. I I I really appreciate it. I mean, you and I have gotten quite a bit of practice together before this, uh, all the times on the podium and. I feel like all the uh, experience that we, uh, you know, we gained on last year, you know, I just, I just came into this year, you know, more comfortable and confident. And uh, yeah, I, I got a lot of good feedback as well. So I'm, I'm just glad everybody happy with what we're doing. And uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to having some more fun and calling the shots with you for the rest of the season. Right on. Before we let you go, I won't, I won't keep you on much longer, but any, any question marks ahead in, in, you know, for the rest of the schedule or 
Anything that sticks out to you that we should talk about real quick? Oh, that's, that's, you know, I, I don't know. It's like, obviously there's, uh, some races that are, you know, there are some possibilities, you know, it's, I mean, hopefully we able to get Lima in. I mean, it just kind of depends on the, you know, what the state's regulations are and counties. I mean, I'd obviously love to see Lima. Um, you know, there's a few other rumors, some other races coming on the schedule. That'd, that'd be awesome. I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I guess the the biggest stipulation is just to see if we do get a TT. You know, like right now, we do not have a TT for on the schedule for the at least the premiere before we at least had it on the singles, and I guess that's a question mark too. So, um, right. yeah, I mean, I, I guess my biggest deal is I really want to see a TT on the schedule because I really don't think it's a legitimate Grand National Championship unless you have all four types of racetracks. So, um, right on. Yeah, we'll just. We'll just see what happens for the rest of the season, but at least we're getting the season. I'm happy about that. Yeah, at least we're racing finally. So, hey, Brand, thanks so much for your time. I know we kept you on here a little bit longer, we said, but uh, always good to catch up to you. I know we could probably talk another hour about, you know, Felucia, but uh, <laughs> thanks so much, and we'll see you down the road. Hey, no worries, Scotty. Thank you. Have a good rest of the week, and have fun at Amateur Nationals. Brad the Bullet Baker, ladies and gentlemen. Dude, I... You know, when they rolled that car out of that trailer, I saw the excitement in his face. And then we actually started it. I didn't start it, but they started it for a little bit and revved it up a couple times. I could tell he wanted to get in that thing so bad. But I also knew that the track was really wet. Uh, The circumstances, they just canceled the short track. And it wouldn't have been fair to all the riders to to say, hey, we're not going to race. But here's a sprint car that, you know, that... Dude, nobody nobody would have complained about that one bit. What are you talking about? Watching Brad Baker whip it around on four-wheel sprint car? I, I would like to have seen it. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm glad he brought it up there. I'm glad. You know, he let a bunch of people hang out, and he talked to all of them. They put the stickers on the car. It is dialed in and ready to go. That's awesome, man. I wish I could have been there to see that for sure. The pictures alone, you know, put a, put a huge smile on my face. And, and not just my You're face. Welcome. <laughs> You're welcome. Dude, it was awesome. Um, I know the whole entire flat track community, right? They were responding to the to the photos and to the posts all across all of the social platforms. So, man, the, just the thought of, of, of Brad racing in any form, again, uh, it makes everybody in the, in the community happy for sure. So um, always appreciate his time. Always appreciate his insight. Um, and dude, like you said, you guys are gelling, man. And, and I could listen to you guys talk flat track all day and and have like four days out of the past week. Right, exactly. And before we hop off here, Carter, I want I want your thoughts. I know you are hooked on this sport. You watched it Friday night and Saturday night. Tell me your thoughts on Saturdays, AFT singles main event. What comes to mind? I just smile on your face right now, but but tell me tell me what you thought watching that race. Just the singles race. Just the singles race. That's what I, I man. I mean, the, me. whole, the whole weekend was awesome, right? To, to, to see flat track back um, and to see the groove widen on Saturday. I was expecting uh, a lot better racing, especially in the singles class. Uh, and I had pretty high expectations for that race, and they were they were still blown away, dude. Like, it, not just them dicing it up front, but Shayna coming back from the pack, right? Some of these younger riders that we didn't expect to see up front um, dicing it up with some of the the leaders um, in the in the pack. The singles class is some of the best. We, we you and I have said some of the best racing for the past few years, but it gets a bad rap, right? Like people talk about how they they're inexperienced riders, they they push it the limits too far sometimes. Um, I, I 
I thought they all looked like pros, every single one of one of them out there. Um, and I don't know if it's you know a combination of Henry Wiles coming down right and and that professionalism, the, the experience, raising the bar a little bit. I don't know if these just these riders have been riding together for a couple of years, right? So they're getting more comfortable with when to push it and how to push it. Uh, but I think you could put a race like that up against any race in professional racing i loved it i don't i don't know what else to say dude and i don't know how else i can explain that it hasn't already been said it it, if you are saying it's the best race you've ever seen i mean dude i've only been in this thing for a few years so it's it's unreal like i was i was holding my breath uh and i don't know If, if that red flag didn't come out can you imagine what the finish would have been well, I, no, I don't. I, I thought if the red flag when it came out, Brandon Kitchen had a legitimate shot at winning it, but so did Chad Coase. Yeah. So, did, so did Mikey Rush. Shana was coming. Shana was coming, I mean, yeah. And on the re, on the restart, Kitchen got a bad start. He went back to thirds a little bit, but that didn't slow anybody else down. You know, I talked to Graham about an hour after that race, <laughs> and she was still so excited. She said, I don't know if I'm still nervous or I'm still so excited about the singles race. And that was... You know, that was probably two hours after after the singles race was done. Yeah. So it, it had that effect on a lot of people. I've gone yeah. back and watched it just as much as I watched that damn Lima race that I talked about for a year, dude. Like at, it's it's at, ridiculous. As much you know, as as I think back, and you always remember the most recent race was your favorite race and best race and stuff like that. But I've gone back. It's been a little while. Um, I can the only thing I can compare it to is like Springfield Mile. Maybe when I was like a teenager-ish, maybe around there, when you had the best, the best ever to put on a flat track helmet going at it. And they always, but they waited until the last five laps to go for it like this. This, that, the entire was, main event, they were, they were, there was not there was one no that, break in it. Yeah. Every lap had insane action. Um, the only thing that I w- wish would have made it better is, is if I was there in person, man. It was, yeah, I, yeah. I did, but it, you could feel it. And I know how it would have been if I was there just watching it on, on the broadcast. And I want to take a second just to, to give a shout out to, uh, AFT and the social team, uh, that, that's putting stuff out there. I think it's Giselle and lady Lassen. They crushed the social game this past weekend. I mean, they, the two of them, the, the work that they did from the videos to the photos made it look like the professional sport that we all know it is. Uh, the photos were amazing. Uh, I could have followed everything that happened at track through photos and image and videos that they posted to social channels. And that's how you want to be. And it was amazing. I mean, you know, Michael Locke talks about the professional look and feel of the, of the sport. They did it through photos and video, um, the two of them. So hats off to them. Hats off to the broadcast crew that, you know, I know you guys work through a bunch of things to, to get the NBC stuff up and running. It looked great. People are always going to complain about issues here and there uh, for everything that you guys probably dealt with out there. I can imagine because I've lived it. Uh, hats off to you. Hats off to the crew. Dealing with that damn heat, man. That had to be a pain in the ass enough. Um, but, dude, it, just to be able to watch racing again, I, I'm not going to complain about anything uh and yeah i loved watching that race and dude especially that singles race for sure such a great way to kick off the season yeah my hats off to everybody that that busted their butts to make sure that event happened i know that's that that list is endless because you know nobody else is is doing it i mean you know nascar is doing it a few other 
you know, series are doing stuff with limited fans. We did it with limited fans, but we're just getting the ball rolling and we've got a busy schedule coming up. Yeah, man. Just to think about all the stuff, all the hoops that you guys are having to jump through to get that done, man. I do not envy that one bit. Um, but I'll sit back and watch it. They also announced the pro motocross uh, schedule, so I'll be I'll be getting back out there with that. Hopefully, I'll get out to a few flat track races before it's all said and done, man. But uh, but yeah, man. I'm just I'm just glad that we're getting back out cool. and watching motorcycles go around in circles again. Absolutely. AFT show was good last night with Jared Meese and Dallas Daniels. And uh, next week, it sounds like they're going to have the production twins winners. I've kind of scheduled a surprise guest to come in on the AFT show next week. So that'd be kind of fun. And uh, man, I just appreciate everybody that listens to our podcast and shares our podcast. And that comes up to me and thanks me for having the podcast. I know, Carter, you don't get that because they don't know what you look like. They don't know maybe exactly who you are when you're at the races. But, I get messages uh, on, I, on the social channels sometimes, well, so I get a little bit I'm of it. I'm just saying, like, at, at the races, you know, oh, at the... At the and, I got to stop you. We have yeah. to give a shout-out to Tracy Jones. Did you see it on the broadcast? I don't know. They cut but, to a shot of the infield. Or I oh, mean, he had a shirt on. Yeah, he's... He's, he took off the arm jails. He cut off the arm jails. That's what I call sleeves yeah. on T-shirts. He cut off the arm jails, <laughs> and he was rocking rockin the off-the-groove T-shirt at the racetrack. Dude, I don't think anything I've ever done in my life made me feel more proud. We made this thing, this little podcast, and we made T-shirts for people who appreciated it and enjoyed it. And somebody paid money for a T-shirt and then took that T-shirt and put it on and wore it to a racetrack. I don't know, man. Like... I guess I kind of get the feeling of like being a rider and making a t-shirt and having somebody buy your yeah, t-shirt, yeah. but it was just so cool. So, Hey, Tracy Jones, shout out to you, brother. Uh, wish I could have been there to meet you in person, but love that you're rocking the off the groove shirt. Uh, maybe we do something special for people who have that off the groove shirt and rock it at the track. Um, that would be something cool. Yeah. 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 Um, but dude, shout out, shout out to Tracy for sure. And thanks to all, like I said, thanks to all the fans who stopped me and thanked us for doing our podcast. Uh, it happened at the Amateur Nationals. It happened at Volusia. We do it because we love the sport. We're not here uh, making any money. Uh, we're just uh, doing it because we love it. And uh, thanks to all the followers. Thanks to all the listeners. Thanks to all the feedback. Easy for you to uh, That's say. all I got, Carter. Well, I don't have anything else either, so I guess this one's done. All right. Keep it on four wheels there, bus. Keep it on two wheels. Smash that like button. Tell all your friends about the podcast off the groove. We'll talk to you guys next Friday. Later. Peace. One, four, three. I love you.